0: Bible Treasures Topic 11 Giving Welcome to the Sound Doctrine Telecast. Praise God for all the corrective teaching that we receive in this series of talks. Last week I pointed out how unlearning of the wrong things is a prerequisite to learn the right things. The examples we quoted last week were all from the New Testament. For example, we just presented before you the Sermon on the Mount of the Lord Jesus Christ. For example, he said, when you give alms, do not announce it publicly. And when he said, when you pray, do not be seen or do not love to be seen by other people. Then he said, when you fast, don't make a show of it. So like this, this is not only emphasized in the New Testament. If you read the Old Testament, there also this was the pattern. Now we begin with the Ten Commandments, which we have in the 20th chapter of book of Exodus. Read the first 17 verses, which contain the Ten Commandments. You find 8 out of the 10 commandments tell us what we should not do. Verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. And when you come to verse 4, it says you shall not make for yourself any carved image. And when you come to verse 5, you shall not bow down to them. And when you come to verse 7, it says you shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain. And when you come to verse 13, you shall not murder. And with 14th verse, you shall not commit adultery. And 15th verse, you shall not steal. And 16th verse, you shall not bear false witness. And 17th verse, you shall not covet what belongs to your neighbor. Now this is not an accident, you know, Ten Commandments, eight out of the Ten Commandments tell us what we should not do. That was the emphasis by the preacher of preachers in the book of Ecclesiastes. Now if you turn with us to the fifth chapter, first four verses, here he speaks about going to the house of God. And he says in verse 2, do not be rash with your mouth. And when you come to verse 4 he says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it. Now we would like you to read through the rest of the Old Testament. You would find this pattern is consistently there. That is, before learning the right things, we have to unlearn the wrong things. Why is it so? Did he ever think about it? Why is it so? You know, we all have committed many sins, but do you know what is the root of all our sins? Going our own way, that is the sin of sins. Turn with us to the book of Isaiah, 53rd chapter. We are all very familiar with this chapter, because this vividly explains the suffering of our Savior. We read in the fifth words, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. What are our transgressions and what are our iniquities? Come to the sixth verse. That gives in a nutshell what our transgressions and iniquities are. Read the sixth verse to you. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Then it immediately says the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What is that iniquity? Going our own way, against God's ways. That is the iniquity. However, basically, we human beings we are opposed to the ways of God and we fall in love with our own ways. It is in repentance we take a real remedial measure for that situation turn with us to 1st Peter and look at the 2nd chapter and we will read to you the 25th verse you were like sheep going astray but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls Not only come to the shepherd, but you come to your overseer. That means, now you are under a new management. There comes an oversight on your life as to how you conduct yourself. So now, our responsibility is to learn from Jesus Christ. Turn with us to the book of Ephesians, 4th chapter. Some method that was not in line with God's way of thinking, immediately the apostles withdrew from their situation and they were not quite comfortable with it. For example, Ephesians 4th chapter, 20th and 21st words, You have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. You know, we have to always see whether this is the way that we have learned from the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, this is the background for the telecast that brings you this corrective teaching. We are studying a very important topic, namely, how not to give. So far, done three lessons. Number one, do not separate life from giving. Number two, Do not yearn by ungodly means. Number three, do not cheat the government. Today we will move to lesson number four. Do not make cheap offering. Do not make cheap offering. When we give, we must concentrate to whom we give rather than what we give. Only then we will give our best unto God. Take for example the last book of the Old Testament. First chapter. And I read to you the 14th verse. This is a very serious truth. Give all attention to this program. Cursed be the deceiver, who has in his flock a male, and makes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts. You know, God is saying that when you have a good animal in your flock, you are giving me a deceased animal, you are deceived, and you will only invite my curse and my displeasure upon you. God says, I am a great king. So the logic is, I am a great king. How can you offer such cheap offering unto me? I am reminded of what happened in 1997. Queen of England visited India. She might have heard about these Kanjivuram silk saris. She was brought to Kanjivuram in her visit. You know, every one of that silk saree uh, shopkeepers or even the weavers, they would bring the best of the silk sarees, and they wanted to gift it to the queen. You know, some of them made such soft and fine silk sarees, which will even be put into a matchbox. I have a question. Did the queen immediately take down all their addresses so that when she gets back to England, she would send them an acknowledgement? Yes. Or do you think she would any time wear those sarees? Now, why did they give like that? Why are they so enthusiastic to give those sarees? Only one reason. You know, she is queen. God says, "I am a great king." Beloved, God is even challenging us. Even a governor will not accept cheap things. How do you give such offering to me, who is God? Look at the 8th words of the same chapter. When you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? When you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts. Beloved, today I want to present before you some classic examples of those who gave their best to God. Now we begin with book of Genesis. Now turn with us to the fourth chapter. Here we have the offerings given by the first brothers. One was Cain and the other was Abel. If you look at verses 3 and 4 and you compare their offerings, Cain brought some of the fruits from his field. But when you come to Abel, Abel brought the best from his flock unto God. God had no respect for the offering of Cain. Rather, he had this offering of Abel as a sweet-smelling offering before him. There's another example in the life of King David. You know, David, once he numbered the people, you know, that calculation of one's muscular strength, that did not please God. The anger of the Lord was aroused against him. There was a plague that visited the people. David's heart was beating with condemnation. And he was crying, I only have sinned. What did this sheep do? And immediately God sent a message through a prophet. The message was just this. You build an altar and offer an offering unto the Lord and then the plague would be stopped. And there was another king by name Arana. Turn to Second Samuel 24 chapter. 21st verse. And he says, Why has my Lord the king come to the servant? To buy the threshing fall? He says in verse 22, Whatever seems good to you, you take it. Here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and yokes of the oxen for wood. Whatever you want, you take it. Everything is free. You take it and you offer unto God. Here was David operating on an eternal principle. Look at the 24th verse. Then the king said to Arana, No, I will surely buy it from you for a price. I will not offer unto God anything which costs me nothing. You know, God honors such an attitude. attitude. This was the location of Mount Moriah. This was where Abraham took his son to be sacrificed unto God. Later on, this was the exact location where the temple was built by Solomon sacrificial offering honors god and god honors the one who offered sacrificial offering beloved i want to give another example to you turn with us to second corinthians there we have a believers in macedonia now there's something which is very challenging to all of us when you find time, read 2 Corinthians uh, the 8th chapter and 9th chapter at leisure and read it fully, you will see there's new lesson that's coming up for to revolutionize your very pattern of giving. I read the first three verses of the 8th chapter. We make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, and in their deep poverty, abounded in the riches of their liberality. Deep poverty, but rich liberality. In the next words, Apostle says, I bear witness that according to their own ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. At this moment, we remember that poor widow. The Lord Jesus Christ was sitting in the temple near the treasury box. People were just giving in queue, obviously, and they were pouring out their currencies and cash into that offering box. And there the Lord Jesus Christ was watching, not what they were giving, but how they were giving. The rich people were obviously giving more. Then came a poor widow. She had just two coins. And she threw both the coins into the treasure box. What did Jesus say? All the rich people gave out of their abundance. But this poor widow, this is all what she had, her entire livelihood, she threw it into the offering. Beloved, here is an important lesson that you and I need to learn. The world applauds how much we give, but God looks at how much we keep. In other words, God does not look at the amount, but He looks at the proportion. If the rich people also give only one-tenth unto God, that's a very cheap offering. Rich people must be rich in giving also. Turn with us to First Timothy 6. 7. I'll read to you the 17th verse. Paul was giving an admonition to young Timothy. Command those who are rich in this present age to be rich in giving also. Who is a rich man before God? A rich man is not one who has more, but who gives more. I am reminded of something what happened several years ago in one of the tribal mission stations. Sunday morning service in a missionary church. And people were coming in queue to give their offering, produce from the field, etc., etc., to God. There came a poor tribal woman. And she didn't need to have a proper set. It is all torn and tattered. And she brought a goat in her hand. And then she said, I want to say something on the microphone. I was shocked. I said, okay, you tell whatever you want. You know, in her colloquial language, you know what she said. I had two goats. And one goat I wanted to give to God. But last week that goat became sick. He's about to die. I don't want to give it to God. This goat is a healthy goat. I wanted to give to God. Beloved, when she gave that testimony and gave that goat in my hand, I could not continue to preach. I was terribly convicted in my own life. Beloved, the missionary history of the church abounds with examples of sacrificial giving. For example, take C.T. Stryke. He was a famous cricketer. He was a millionaire. He gave away everything when he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave away all his fortunes for charity and religious activities. He had very little amount left. That yeah. he was keeping for his would-be bride. Yeah. But on the eve of the marriage, you know what that lady said? Now oh, If you love God more than you love me, that also you give it away to God. We will just open with a blank balance. Yeah. And he gave away that also to God. It is he who said like this. Christ had died for me. No sacrifice I make is too great when is the last time that you gave a sacrificial offering unto God? Have you felt the pinch of giving unto God? Oh, for a revival of giving to come to all our churches. Maybe you can think of something which is very precious to you, to give unto God. Maybe you have a jewel which you like very much to give unto God. Or maybe you have a fixed deposit, why don't you turn it over to God? Or maybe you have a property. Why don't you write it as a will for the kingdom of God? Beloved, our Lord is worthy. If Christ has died for me, no sacrifice I make will be too great. How not to give? Do not make cheap offerings unto God. God bless you.